To God, it's a chance to honour our mothers for everything that they do for us, everything, every opportunity they give us and every lesson they teach us. God tells us to honour our parents. You may not see it this way, but honouring our parents is also honouring God in the same sense. It shows glory to him in how we show glory to our parents. People may ask you, oh, why, how are you so representing of your parents? How do you show them that much love? Because people may not, I know, for my age, show that much respect or glory to their parents, which is sad. It's sad that there's a generation growing up, you know, not respecting their parents, not loving their parents in the same way that they should be loving their parents. And so it's one thing that you should always remember is that you should honour your parents in every chance that you get because your parents may not always be there to honour. Life passes by, that's the way it works. And you may not always get the chance for them to be there beside you and be able to honour them and show them that you respect them and that you love them for the way that they've brought you up or the way that they are. Ephesians 6, 1 to 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Honouring our parents gives us so many things in the world. They, they teach you how to love, how to care for others. They teach you everything you know. You may think going to school, that teaches you math and science, but are those really the important things? Or is connecting with other people, showing them that you can love them, that you can be compassionate to others, is that the thing that really matters in the world? God doesn't... Like, I mean, all those things are important, like knowing English and maths and all that stuff. It's important, don't get me wrong. But loving other people can be one of the most important things in the world. Loving people unconditionally is the most important thing in the world. I know that days like Mother's Day can also be difficult for people in things such as they may not have their mother with them anymore or they may not know their own biological mother but you always have a figure like a mother in your life. You may, it may not be a mother themselves. It may be an aunt, a, a good friend's mother or even just somebody that you know that has a motherly heart and a motherly attitude to life. So honour them instead. Take the opportunity to honour them as your mother because you can't your own or they're not here for you to honour or you just have lost touch and you can't get the opportunity anymore. So take that opportunity instead to honour the other women in your life who are like mothers to you.
or just the other women who are so influential in your life. Because it's not... Mother's Day, although it is about mothers, it's not just about mothers. You don't have to specifically have kids to be a mother. It's about the compassionate, caring hearts where you show unconditional love to others. I mean, think about it. What's the definition of a mum? Someone who cares for you in time of need and will always be there to help you up and stand up for you and show you the good things in life. Not just the person who gave birth to you. That's not always the way it works. And honouring someone may not be like, you know, boasting about them to all your friends or saying the great things that they've done. It can be just by showing how much you love them around others. Like, I know one thing. I'm not afraid to say I love you to my mum or thank her for things when I'm around my friends. That's like... Most kids would say, oh, that's embarrassing. I don't, you know, it's embarrassing for my mum to kiss me and hug me around my friends. It makes me uncool. The coolest thing in life is to show that you love your mum and that your mum loves you. One thing that I was faced with recently which many of you may know my mum was in hospital recently diagnosed with a ventricular abnormal growth I think it was <laughs> I can't remember the exact name but uh, when it when they first found it they didn't know what it was and I guess I only thought about it when I was writing this that there was the very real chance that I may not have been able to honour my mother this Mother's Day, that I may not have been able to get up in the morning and say Happy Mother's Day to my mum because, as my dad told me, the numbers were quite horrible. There was a very little chance that it wouldn't... There was a very small chance that the growth would not be cancer, a cancerous tumour, and if it was, there was a very, very low chance that she would survive. And being faced with that fact really changes the way that you look at the world and the way that you approach situations. Our family was... I guess our family is very different in many ways to most families in the way that me and my sister, you know, are given opportunities and what our parents let us do and what our parents don't let us do. It's very different. And the way that our parents have conversations with us is very different. Because our parents are very open with me and my younger sister, Charlie. Very open. If we ask a question, they will answer us truthfully. And I guess sometimes it scares me that my parents are so open with me because if I ask a question like I did, is mum going to, you know, get through this? The very real answer that my dad gave me is there is a chance that mum won't. 
Now, guaranteed, the miracle has been my mum is still here and it wasn't... The doctors were so surprised because it wasn't even a tumour, let alone a cancerous one. And that, you know, they could fix it and she is here and recovering very well. And it, it makes me think about all the things that my mum has ever given to me. My mum has taught me to be compassionate and loving to others and how to care for others. And I guess your parents build up your personality in different ways. They could also tear it down, but I guess situations can also change the way a person works or looks at life. <clears throat> Our family used to be a very, Charlie was the little one and she liked being the little one, which is understandable. I was the one who, they let me grow up at the speed that I wanted. So I grew up rather quickly but I reached the point where I wanted to be. I wanted to be mature and responsible, but also still be able to be a kid. And I guess with my sister, with the past um, events, it's been a lot harder on her because she's had to grow up a lot quicker than she would have wanted to and what should have been natural for my younger sister and the way she is. She grew up a lot in a very short space of time. But that hasn't changed her for the worse. She is such a beautiful young lady in year six, starting high school next year. And although she may be scared about it, I think that she's going to be a wondrous student in high school. And that the way that my parents have brought us up will set us up for so much in our lives because our parents impact us in our lives so much. They impact the way that we think, the way that we look at the world, the way that we act in the world. Guaranteed, you know, you've got your own, like you are your own person, but your parents heavily influence that. And that's why if you don't necessarily have the opportunity to learn from a mother or a father. You may need to look for other people in the world or if you don't have the opportunity to... If you don't have the opportunity to, I guess, have that person in your life because of the way that they are, like if your parents aren't exactly the best people in the world, look for others. If you can tell even though as sad as it may be that your parents aren't acting the way that possibly they should or the way towards you that they possibly should, try and find somebody else that you can look up to in that sense. It doesn't always have to be a biological parent because there are so many other parents in this world who may not technically have kids or be parents, but they're still parents. Thank you.
Paige, I just want you to stand there. Unbeknownst to you, God was actually doing something much deeper there than you realise. Paige, I want you to hop down the front. Jordan, could you grab your mum? Bronwyn, Pastor Charles, some of the youth guys. Might grab some of our elders. We're going to pray for Paige. Hey, she's called to lead a generation, isn't she? There are kids of my generation that don't honour their parents as they should. What a perspective for an age. Why don't we lay hands? Why don't we reach out if you're there? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this young lady. Lord, I just pray that as she grows, that Lord, we know there's something on her life. Lord, I thank you that Lord, you'll protect it and you'll keep it. And Lord, right now we pray and we declare that Paige is called to lead a generation. Lord God, we pray, Lord, that as she grows and she matures, Lord God, in her walk with you, that she, Lord God, will have the ability to stand out amongst her peers, Lord God, in the way that she honours you, the way that she honours her parents and the way that she lives her life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God honour. We know that she's born to be a preacher because her notes were only three minutes. So, hey, give a person a mic when they're born to be a preacher. And that happens. So the next uh, person I'd like to invite is Jasmine Crennan. If, let's give her a hand as she comes. Jasmine and Steve are a vital part of our community and been part of our church for quite a long time. So we believe in you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. So I'm Jasmine. Um, I've been married to my amazing husband, Steve, for 12 years. We've got three beautiful girls. You probably see them running around. If you were sitting near us this morning, you would have heard them and seen them wrestling on the floor. Um, we've got Audrey. She's six. This was about a year ago, so they're a bit older now. Um, Luella is five and Violet is two. And we've been coming here for about three years, just over three years, and it's been amazing. We just love our church family. So each of our girls are really different. Audrey is our oldest and being the eldest, she's very responsible. She listens fairly well and she's very creative. She's got this little book and she draws little dress designs in it and um, that's pretty cute. Luella has two sides. You can see a big smile there. She's a bit crazy, but she's also can be quite calm. Um, she's got a really gentle heart and she's always thinking about other people. And we're still, still figuring out Violet. She looks quiet there, but um, she's quite feisty. I think she needs to make herself known among her big sisters. Um, myself, um, I'm mostly um, at home with the kids, but I've also got a little um, fashion clothing business with a friend, and we make um, little baby girls' clothes. So I love doing that, and I'm very grateful that I can do that and be home with my kids as well. So when Charles first asked me if I would get up today, I was thinking, no way. I do not want to stand up in front of you guys. <laughs> I've got a lot of nerves, but do you know what? I really believe that everyone has a story. We all have something to share and something that we can learn from. So here we go. I'm just going to pray before I start. Dear Jesus, just I thank you for bringing us all here together today. We thank you for this special day. And I ask that every word um, that comes out of my mouth would glorify you and honour you. I pray that your truth is revealed, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right. I've got so many dreams for my kids, as I'm sure all of us do as parents. Dreams that they'll have great health, 
that they'll be successful at whatever they choose to do. One day, they'll grow up and meet amazing husbands and even have kids of their own. But my greatest prayer, hands down, as a mother, is that they'll grow up to know God, to know his love, and that they will love him in return. There's nothing, nothing else that compares to that. Sometimes I forget this is my greatest prayer, completely forget. Like when I'm at home and I walk into my lounge room and I see these uh, six loads of washing just all around my lounge room, they're just waiting very, very, very patiently for me. Or I forget about this when it's the middle of the night and this is just this week and it's 4.30 and I hear someone talking to me and I'm trying to open my eyes to wake up and I see this beautiful, beautiful little face but not really welcomed because it's 4.30 a.m. and it's, it's little Violet and I said, what's, what's wrong, honey? And she's saying, duck, duck, duck. I'm like, what? Anyway... I'm like, Violet, what are you saying? I'm thinking maybe I'm not, you know, sometimes they pronounce things funny. What is she saying? She's saying, duck, there's a duck. I'm like, no, there's not a duck. Go back to bed. Anyway, she says, there's a duck in my bed. And she's had this dream that there's a duck. It's like waddling around in her bed. At that moment, I was not thinking about how much I want my kids to know God. I was thinking about sleep. There was another time a few months ago and uh, we went to get a new mattress. So we went down to the local store and um, they said to us, the, the sales assistant, um, now to get the best idea for your new mattress and what kind of feel, if you like it soft, hard, whatever, you need to lie down on the bed and lie there for about five minutes. Okay? So we had all the kids with us and the lady said, you know, there's a drawing table over in the corner of the store over there where there's some kids' beds as well. So they can go sit and do some drawing and you can try the beds okay sweet so we're laying down you know in the middle of the store and there's beds and it's it's a bit weird I don't know if anyone's done it before but it's nice like like feeling a bit relaxed but you're in the middle of the store in public anyway so we're trying to relax we're slowly like thinking, oh this feels a bit nice Steve was happy with his side of the bed I was thinking oh it's all right could be a bit softer but anyway um then all of a sudden so we're lying down flat and we hear this little again very cute but this little voice say to us oh I want to go to bed it's time to put my pajamas on and we sat up and to our fright we saw little Violet had removed all of her clothes and she'd walked all the way through the store (laughs) to find us she was ready you know we were trying out the beds she wanted to hop in the bed as well but taken a bit too far (laughs) so at that moment I was not thinking about God I was thinking about my child getting her clothes back on All jokes aside, sometimes things can get really overwhelming and trying. The tantrums, the constant bickering between the kids, along with the marriage. Can anyone relate? Sometimes I forget that my greatest prayer for these girls is to know God's love. My prayer will be for more time, for someone to come and do all my housework, or just to go to the bathroom by myself. I know mums relate to that one. These are challenges that we all have as parents. How do we remember the most important thing when we're overwhelmed with all these challenges? How do we as mums and parents point our children towards Christ when we feel so bogged down in the stresses of every day? So I've got another photo to share with you. This is my mum and my three sisters. I'm the eldest. 
So as a child, I went to church every Sunday with my parents. I doubt we missed many Sundays at all. I went to Sunday school and learned my Bible verses. I heard about God's amazing love and we sang songs about his goodness. Then, to cut a long story short, when I was 13, my seemingly perfect world began to fall apart. And everything changed. My picture of what a loving father was meant to be was completely distorted and broken. And my mother was left to raise four daughters under the age of 14, all on her own. And my sisters and I were left to work out life without my father. Our world really did crumble. And there was so much chaos around us, so much brokenness and so much mess. You know, and as parents, we have, you know, little stresses every day that overwhelm us, little fights with the, like the kids are having, housework, mediating. But you know what? Sometimes there's these huge mountains that we face that come up and we have to parent at the same time you can't press pause on parenting it's a fact of my family in this place of brokenness I watched my mum you know kids they they watch us and they see and they learn I remember one day I was in my bedroom I was sitting down on the floor with my sister Elise and we were I don't know we we're playing we we're playing something my mum came in and she was just putting the washing away in the drawers and I remember that she just broke down. She couldn't hold back her tears and it wasn't just that, you know, one tear that comes out of the corner of your eye and you could just wipe away, but it was a heavy cry. It was straight from deep within and I don't know what it was about, but I remember seeing it and knowing that it was something really real. I also remember... A journal that she used to keep next to her bed where she would write prayers for her daughters the songs of praise that she would pen as she gave all of her burdens to God I remember her telling us about the promises of God and she would cling to them and declare them over us and her girls I remember her faithfully taking us to church each Sunday and I remember that she would sing her heart out to Jesus declaring his goodness above all of her pain and it wasn't just on Sundays at church. It was in our home. It was as we drove to school in the car and she would pray for us. It didn't matter where she was, but her heart was set on Jesus. And I know that it could not have been an easy thing for her. To be really honest, our family was just a complete mess. And my mum's trusting God wasn't just a, oh, you know, I'll just trust God, everything will be okay. It wasn't superficial. It wasn't some sort of naive faith. But it was a day in and day out commitment to his promises and his faithfulness and his love. Even though she had every right to be angry or to turn, you could imagine her even turning away from God or letting her circumstances become bigger than him. It's absolutely incredible that in the darkest time of her life, she chose to worship God. And above all of the other memories of those years, these are the things that pointed me towards God's love. I don't know about you, but I often found myself really overwhelmed as a mum. And I think, what are my kids going to remember about this time? It really scares me, you know, the responsibility that we have for these little people. There's a passage in 1 John that talks about God's love. It talks about how God's love is made known to us and how we, that's why we share it with each other. In 
chapter 4, verse 12, it says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I just think that's amazing. We see God, the way that we see God is through the love that we have and show towards each other. We are showing the image of God as we love our children, as we love those around us. And what's more, we can do that no matter what we're going through and what we're in the middle of. Don't underestimate the impact you have on your children or children around you. The moments that no one sees, your kids are watching, someone's watching. The way that you respond, the choices that we make and who we are turning to in our pain. When my mum was in the midst of her own heartache and her own trials, knee deep in raising four broken little girls, she showed us the image that God is with us in our suffering. He is present. He is faithful and he's always there for us with arms open wide, no matter what state we're in. He's not waiting for us to become perfect. We serve a God who humbled himself. Jesus never kept himself away from people's problems, but he immersed himself in them. Philippians chapter 2 paints a picture for us, and it says, Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus came from the perfection of heaven into our broken, damaged, messy lives. And even leading up to that to, to today, this week, has been a difficult one for me. But even as I'm knee deep with the kids in tantrums, in lunchboxes, in mum life, when I'm facing other trials and all the while having to just play mum because I can't press pause on that, I am encouraged too that I am bearing God's image and I'm showing my children his love and his faithfulness even in the everyday. I just want to finish off by saying whether we have little people watching us, people at work watching us, peers at school, friends, even people we don't know, we might be the only image of God that somebody sees. People are watching and they're looking for something more and I believe that even in our darkest moments that God's love can be revealed. You never know who's watching you, catching a glimpse of God's reflection. Thank you. Praise God. You know, and I just want to encourage all the women of our community, you know, that Jazzy's business is not that small. She's actually an incredible business person, an incredible mother, serves the house of God. Four sisters, three daughters, that's strong genetics, amen. <laughs> Woo! Next person I'd like to introduce and the great honour of introducing... Um, I have such respect for people that have been able to minister for a long period of time and um, the Manly Breens, I'm going to invite Bronwyn to begin to make her way down and Pastor Charles and Bronwyn are an incredible blessing to our community uh, in the experience uh, that they hold as well as the spirit uh, they carry and I'm so grateful uh, that our community is full of every generation, amen? 
Amen. So let's give her a hand as she comes. Where is my gallon of water? We've got it on the seat. I said to Charles when he asked me would I speak that at the moment I'm having trouble with my voice. It must be a family gene, one that we should leave out. Maybe it's because Paige and I speak more than the rest and they can't get a word in edgewise. But I'm astounded this morning the way that God has brought out in every message just about everything that God has given me to share. Can I say that being a grandparent is the most exciting and wonderful time in our lives. We spoil the kids, we used to. We take them to the lolly shop, we take them and feed them McDonald's, we didn't worry about what they ate and we sent them home to mum high as kites. <laughs> and that re felt really good. And I had Judd's permission, which made it equally as good. Now, I just found these two sayings, and I think they're really great. And I think it includes fathers as well. Mothers hold their children's hands for just a little while. And I tell you, the time flies. I cannot believe I'm a grandmother. I cannot believe both my grandchildren will be in high school. I don't feel any older in my head. My mirror tells me something different. But I don't always act my age either, so that probably doesn't help. But we hold their hearts forever. And the next one says, if you're not making any mistakes, then you're just too perfect to be here. But it's by your mistakes that you prove God, that you grow, and you go through these things for a purpose. Now, my question to the women in this church, and this applies actually to everybody, but because it's Mother's Day, females are on the rise, so watch it. Isn't it we're up, we're this, we're that, we're the other thing in the newspapers? Bit out of balance, I think, but yes, Mother's Day today. But mothers, I want to say to you, are you superwoman or are you a superwoman? Now, there's a great deal of emphasis on one word than another that changes the whole meaning of a sentence. If I just asked you, were you a superwoman? No, 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 definitely not me. But if I asked your family, were you a superwoman, a supermother? a super grandparent, the answer could be quite different and surprise you. Quite often you feel that you're not doing a very good job. When I was growing up, the favourite verse or chapter that was read on Mother's Day was Proverbs 31. Anybody heard of it? Anybody read it? Oh, I don't believe it. None of you ladies have read Proverbs 31. One has. A few, praise God. The rest of you don't read it. Read the first two few verses and the last few. But in reading of Proverbs, it talks about this woman who can do everything. I mean, I read it and I get the guilts. I read it and I feel depressed and I think, but I've got to read it. It's in the word of God and it's there for a reason and it's there for a purpose. 
But this woman gets up in the middle of the night and goes out and buys food off ships at the deck and her children always have homemade clothes, the meals are always on time. She has a roof over her head, her husband thinks that she's a bag of rubies. I mean, it, it just goes on and on and on about the perfection of this woman. But in the scripture, what God is doing in that verse or that chapter He's showing you what his ideal woman looks like. Now, each and every one of you, when you were born, were given a gift from God. Maybe it's sewing, which is mentioned. Maybe it's cooking, which is mentioned. Maybe it's preaching, which I don't think is mentioned. Because back then, women didn't get a say. Praise God for Jesus, who saw the value of half the human race and what they could achieve. And um, we think that we don't have much that we can offer. So many times I think women put themselves down. I think the greatest problem we have is comparison with others. We think if I could have married him, life would have been different. If I could look like her, I would be different. If I could say and do the things that she does, I would be a success. But I want to tell you, that God has always had in mind you on this planet at this time doing what he wants you to do. And I want to relieve you this morning of the burden of trying to live up to being a person that God never intended you to be. If you are serving the Lord with all your heart and if you are reading his word and you're doing the best you can, when God had finished creating all the wonderful things in the world, his greatest creation was mankind, and poor old Adam was miserable. And he said, but I have no one who's my partner. So God put him to sleep, and when he woke up, he went, Woo-hoo. there was Eve. What a gift from God. So women are have been anointed by God for a specific purpose. And I know it's Mother's Day and we talk about mothering and children, etc., etc. But I want you to know that God has placed you in this world for this time to do what only you can do. You are irreplaceable. You are the apple of God's eye. Do you know that every time he lifts his hands, I don't know what he does with them all the time, holding us up, I guess, your name is printed on his hands and you are ever before him and he's always mindful of you. And we think sometimes that it's got to be dramatic and it's got to be huge before we bring it to God. No, Charles reminded me yesterday, He knows the hairs of your head. And I thought, yes, and they're getting less. What a terrible thing. But Proverbs 31 is is to challenge you that you can be an ideal woman in the situation that you're in. You can be the ideal mother and do nothing else and please God immensely. You can be the ideal grandmother, which I'm not, which my children will tell you about. But that's not the case either. Now, I think I've skipped a slide. Where's my little slider up there? Hi. Number two, please. I would love to say this is the manly brains at lunch. 
on a Sunday. Notice the shirt and tie, and that would be indeed Pastor Charles Sr., who believed that the tie was what you had to do. God's released him of that. He's wearing an open-neck shirt this morning, so praise God. Change is possible. And we seem to have adopted a few girls along the way, and one of our boys is missing. But many of us think that if we don't have the perfect family, somehow we will experience God's displeasure. I want to remind you that each one of us is flawed. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And this world is a fallen world. Things are not the way God planned them originally to be. But he sent Jesus and he broke the power of sin over our lives and he has enabled women to rise up and do mighty things. Wash the dishes. Yes, I heard that, Jordan. And dry them as well. Can we go to Psalm 139? Now, are you familiar with this psalm? David has some incredible experiences in his life. In fact, if you're um, a bit toey about blood and gore, maybe you shouldn't read all the psalms because at times he feels like chopping people off the, at the knees. He wishes he could kill them. God slaughter them, hailstorms down on them, rain fire upon them, get rid of my enemies, slay them all, but Lord, through all of it, I will trust you. But in the middle of the psalm, David begins to think about the beginning of his life, how he was formed and how he grew and how God was overshadowing him at, from the very beginning and that God was planning for him to be king of Israel. And I bet when he was born and his mother saw him, she probably said, oh, his face is red and crinkled, poor kid. I wonder if he'll look better. And, of course, then they grow nice and chubby and cute and they smile at you and they're gorgeous. And he probably became the apple of his mother's eye. But he was the youngest in a family of boys. Now, having two boys of my own, of course, they never competed against each other. Uh, they always got along. They were perfect every single day, all of which, God forgive me, is a terrible lie. <laughs> now, you imagine being the youngest amongst a group of seven sons, I think he had, Jesse. And they were all fighters. They, they were men out there fighting the battle, trying to defeat Goliath. And where is David? Up in the hills looking after the sheep. Now, if you're familiar with Eastern living and Eastern doing, looking after sheep is probably the most humble job that you can have. And that's why God caused the angels to sing hallelujah to the shepherds. Everyone else overlooked them, but God saw their importance. And Jesus calls himself the good shepherd and the great shepherd. And he is. And I want you to know that he has made you perfectly. When you look in the mirror and you say, I want a nose job, I want to get a facelift, I need some um, new clothes, hubby, I don't like looking like this, the world is trying very hard to squeeze you into a mould of having these 
expectations that are impossible to achieve. God wants diversity. Look at the man sitting next to you or the woman. Hallelujah. We are to have unity, but praise God for diversity. Imagine if we were all like me. No one would get a word in. And I'd be constantly sipping at this. Oh, it's got the lid off. Bottle of water. I said I wanted a gallon with a long straw. So you need to lift your game, Pastor Charles. He said, have you got any requests? And that's the only one I had. And even that he couldn't fulfill. But we have to take pity on him because he was frolicking on the beach in Brisbane. And I guess when you're frolicking on the beach in Brisbane with the love of your life, thinking of gallons of water is not really your top priority, is it? So can I say to you today that you don't need to be anybody else. If God had wanted you to meet me, you'd be up here speaking and I'd be down there saying, what's she going to come out with next? But God made you the way he wanted you to be. And every single one of you has been given... Charles says never point. Sorry, I've disobeyed. I've got to put my hand out so that I look like I'm not threatening you. Do you feel unthreatened now? Good. I've done the right thing. It's always good when you obey your husband, isn't it? Wives, submit to your husband. But then he's got to love me like Jesus, so I reckon he's got the harder job. <laughs> but you are unique. You are talented. You have gifts that you never dreamed were there. There are things birthed within you that God wants to grow. He wants to actually amaze you with what he has prepared for you. You're not here by accident. And we've heard all the stories this morning. Even Pastor Charles pinched half of my message. But I had three miscarriages before we successfully had a baby called Jud Justin, who now is called Judd. Sometimes I slip up, but most times I remember. And that was a terribly difficult time. And Charles and I had to come to the point where we said, OK, Lord, if we are meant to be childless then that's the way we are best able to serve you. Maybe there's another avenue that you will open. But miraculously, God intervened, and I had two wonderful sons who I rejoice in every day. But some of you may not be able to have children, and we've heard today many reasons why. It doesn't make you less of a woman. To bear a child biologically doesn't mean you can't mother them. Paige has said it all. Meredith has said it all. And we know that it doesn't matter who the parent is. Maybe you're adopted and you want to know who your parents are. You don't need to because God's placed you with the family that he wants you to be in. Can we go quickly to Ephesians 1, please? Because of Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. I didn't work for this inheritance. I didn't do anything to earn it. But because I believed in Jesus Christ and gave my life to him, God said, 
You're a co-heir with Jesus. All that I have is now yours. Get hold of that fact this morning, ladies, and rise up in the power of the Lord in your life. Find the gift that he has given you and start small or start big, it doesn't matter. But just begin. Take baby steps at first. Give it a go, for God's sake. That came out wrong, but you know what I mean. We're so timid sometimes, we feel inferior and sometimes it's the perception of ourselves, as Paige said, that's been put on us by other people. We need to get released from all of that and realise that God has given me an inheritance. Hallelujah, and I'm going to live that to the full. I'm going to take everything that God has for me. I'm going to be greedy for God and for his gifts. And that's what he wants you to be as well. For he chose you. Can you imagine that? God knew what I was going to be like as a teenager when my mother nearly kicked me out of the house. We won't go there. But God chose you. Of all the people over all the centuries, many who never knew Christ, God knew about you before the earth began and he chose you. Why? Because he saw a new possibility. He saw in you a small grain that was going to grow into a large tree that many birds could fly in and find rest and make a nest and have eggs and have little birdies, tweet, tweet, tweet. It amazes me that God chose me. I, I just think that's just such a blessing. And it was from the very beginning, before the earth was formed, God chose you. And things happen to you and to me just as long ago God planned them to be. So whatever you're going through at the moment, I don't know what your background is, and I'm sure many of us have had many trials and many discouragements along the way. But if you can know deep in your heart that you have a loving Heavenly Father who thought about you before you even came into existence, who loved you so much that he planned your life out individually and absolutely perfectly. And that this morning, if you are serving God to the best of your ability, you are right where he wants you to be. All of us are different levels of maturity. All of us have different experiences, but who would like a world that was all the same? It would be boring. So don't compare yourself with anybody else. Rise up and be the super woman that God wants you to be. And I'll just finish with Philippians 2.13. I should have learned these off by heart. Being a teacher, I should know them, but anyway. For God is working in you. Isn't that encouraging? We think we're doing all the work. No, we're not. God is working within us every moment of every day, in and through every circumstance, in and through whatever we face, be it good, bad or indifferent. God is working in us and he doesn't go to sleep and he doesn't say this one's a mess, we'll pass her off or pass him off, move on to the next one. And he gives us the will and the desire 
This blows my mind. He gives me the will and the power and the desire to do what will bring him the greatest of pleasure. You want to bring God pleasure this morning? I do. We'll just say, here I am, Lord. And as the famous lady preacher said, just say, yes, Lord, I'm open to you and I want all that you have for me. So God bless you, mums. You're absolutely wonderful, each and every one of you. Even if you're younger and you're dreaming of the prince on the white horse and you're not Meghan Markle, and praise God for that. Or if you're just married and you're longing to have a family and that's your expectation in life, whether it comes or whether it doesn't, don't let that distress you. God's got it all in hand. Whether you're single by choice or by things that have happened in your life or you're divorced and you feel there's no hope for you, if someone's cast you off and said horrible things about you and you've taken them on board, I want you to give them to Jesus today because that's not how he sees you. In God's eyes, each and every one of you, from the youngest to the eldest, is indeed a super woman. Bless you. If we could get all the women in our community today, all the women to stand, I'd love Bronwyn to pray for you guys. Uh, there's a confidence in, in who she is and we love you. Sorry about the straw. That's all right. I... I have to uh, forgive you. April forgot it. April forgot it. <laughs> she was frolicking at the beach. He's a bit like Adam, isn't he? <laughs> the woman made me do it. And the woman said, no, no, the serpent made me do it. So I forgive you. It's quite right. It's his fault. Okay. Heavenly Father, we're so glad that we are in your house today. What better place could there be? than to be here in your presence, to feel the power of the Holy Spirit hovering over this place, touching lives and changing lives, changing the way people see themselves. We claim it in Jesus' name, that every woman in the house today, when they look in the mirror, will not see what the mirror says, but see what they are going to be in and through the power of Jesus Christ, that they will rise up with confidence and they will begin to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon their lives. None of them are here by accident. They are here in the right time at the right place. In Galatians 4.4, the Bible says, at the right time, Jesus was born and you too were born at the right time and today you're here in the right place and God wants to touch you he wants to release you he wants to give you a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit he wants to lift your head he wants to lift your hands he wants to tell you that he loves you unconditionally there's nothing that you can do that will make God love you more And there's nothing that you do that will make him love you less. What a great God we serve. And you are his treasure. You are, there's a diamond up there, that's you. There are different facets to your personality. There are different facets to the way you dress and carry yourself and speak. 
And hallelujah for that. Because who would want a flat piece of glass on their finger? Let's face it. We want the glitter and the, gl the, um, the glowing. And we pray in Jesus' name that every woman this morning will have received something from the Lord. May it sit there deep within their spirits. May it take root and may it grow. And may they bear much fruit and bring glory to our Father in heaven who loves us so very much, more than we could ever imagine. Forgive people this morning, I pray. I feel there's women here this morning who are holding grudges and hurt against different people. God wants to release you of that this morning. And forgiveness, ladies and gents, is a choice. It's something you choose to do. Because if you carry unforgiveness in your spirit, you are diminished. You are the damaged one. The other person goes off free as a bird. I just ask in Jesus' name that you will forgive them. You would say, Lord, I choose today to forgive that person. And I will love them and I will bless them and I'll be kind to them. I'll be loving to them. I'll pile huge fires of coals upon their heads. I'll be so good they'll be sick of me, that they'll be blessed by you. Thank you for this opportunity for different people to speak. Lord, it's a privilege to preach the word. We thank you that it makes changes our lives and it touches us where we need to be touched. So as we depart from this place, may every family be blessed, every mother, every father, every child. And may they have a great day glorifying God because they're unique and wonderful and special. And we give you all the glory, dear Lord, for truly you are worthy. We love you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Bronwyn. Hey, thank you for coming this morning. Uh, just want to let you know a couple of special things. Our wonderful coffee ministry will be giving free coffees to all women today. Um, does that mean if April gets one and gives it to me, that's okay? I'm assuming that's fine. So please go and grab a coffee. Uh, we also have uh, got as part of our network, there's a special women's event on next week called The Grove. Uh, they're going up to Bendigo next Saturday. If you want to see Clarissa, just stand. Clarissa, uh, she's organising transport. We need to know today just to appropriately organise that. But go and be blessed. Spoil your mums and your aunties and the women of your life. And please stick around and grab some photos. Uh, Dan will get off the keys real quick, smart, and run down there. And uh, let's have coffee. Let's have community. We love you. And we'll see you next Sunday morning.